With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The 2021 MLB season is here, and although the seats may not be full, your bankroll has the chance to be. Greg Hoops Peterson has you covered for every game, every day this season, along with comprehensive analysis and angles for getting to the window while celebrating the walk-off winners and blown saves of what will be a wild season. Now it is time for the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. A warm up from Lee Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. The prop queen herself, Ariel Epstein, is going to be joining me. She does an absolutely terrific job as a host slash analyst. She's been doing a lot of work with MLB Network's Better's Eye recently. She's actually got a new venture that she's going to be announcing in the next few days. So she's been doing a lot of free reliance work these next few days. And if you notice, she wound up watching TV on the floor, much like Greg Peterson might wind up doing because I am a complete and utter bozo. She is not that. She is just someone that is in a little bit of transition as she does an absolutely terrific job and she's going to be tearing it up in the second segment with us. She's also going to give us a little bit of perspective on how she's been playing strikeout props this postseason as well. She does a great job in that sector. So we're going to be looking at both series as we wind up doing the interview with her as well. We did not know who the starting pitchers were going to be for the Red Sox and the Astros, but still gave some good insight on that. Then in the final segment, going to give you guys a sign total on both games for this MLB postseason Tuesday and a little something you like to call it, touch them all. First things first, always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. And you have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. Then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. Did not wind up getting in any questions today, but had a fun time with the Monday MOB game as we saw another over. So let's take a look back. 
back at Game 3 of the ALCS and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. We wound up seeing another over in this Red Sox versus Astros series as all three of these games have went over thus far. And if you're looking at the Red Sox, each out of their last six postseason games have now gone over the total. And for the Houston Astros, well, ditto on that as each out of their last six postseason games have went over the total. And by the way, this was the first game this month that the Astros did not wind up scoring at least five runs. 12-3 to the final as for the Astros. Jose Urquidy wound up having a very bad time of it. He wound up getting five outs and he gave up six runs. He was badly hurt by Jose Altuve fielding errors. He wound up giving up a grand slam in the second inning. That Altuve fielding error really set that one up as... Being able to go deep for that grand slam was Mr. Kyle Schwarber. That was his first of this series. You wound up having a little bit later, J.D. Martinez and Rafael Devers both get their second home run of this postseason. Christian Arroyo would get one off of Yimi Garcia as well as Garcia. He winds up going for one and a third innings, giving up three runs, all of which were earned. Blake Taylor, the only pitcher that came into this game that was able to deliver a scoreless setting for the Houston Astros, Brooks Raley, he gives up one run while getting five outs. Phil Mayton winds up giving up that home run to J.D. Martinez and then Ryan Sanek gives up a home run late to Devers. Kyle Tucker was able to go deep off of one. Eduardo Rodriguez for his first home run of this series. As for Rodriguez, he was able to lend six innings. This was just the second start this postseason. Not by Nathan Evaldi because Evaldi has been very good for the Boston Red Sox. That a Red Sox pitcher was able to provide more than three innings. He winds up going six strong, giving up three runs. From there, Enzo Robles, Martin Perez, Arakazusado Mora. I'll give you a scoreless inning, and all three of these guys, by the way, 12 pitches or fewer. So that is going to be able to help them out. And Ronald Renfro wound up having both a stolen base and a really nice sliding catch in this one. So the Red Sox, they are now up by kind of two to one. And if you're looking at this postseason in general, home teams are hitting at a two thirds rate right now. So that has been very hot. And we have been seeing in the American League a whole bunch of overs. And we've been seeing in the National League thus far quite a few unders. Will that be the case? We shall see. And we're going to be breaking. Breaking down these Tuesday games with Ariel Epstein, a.k.a. the Prop Queen. Going to have some fun there. Look at both of these games and just how she's been playing a lot of these props in the postseason in general. She's also going to be lending some good advice when it comes to shopping lines, when it comes to these props as well. So if you're someone that you like to take a look at strikeout props, you want to be tuned into this interview with Ariel next right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. So we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to be joined by our guest as we've got the prop queen on today, Ariel Epstein. She does a terrific job. She is someone that you're catching a little bit all over the place. I know that she's been on Better's Eye, which that is a part of MOB's coverage, and she did a great job there. She's been doing a great job taking a look day in and day out at everything NFL as well when it comes to both the spread and props. And she's joined me a couple times and always brings it. To be able to follow Ariel on Twitter, that is at her name, Ariel Epstein, last name is spelled E-P-S-T-E-I-N. And Ariel, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thank you for having me on again. Excited to be here for some Major League Baseball playoffs. It is great to have you aboard as well. And we've got two really good series, in my opinion. And as we're doing this, it looks like it's going to be Walker Buehler and Charlie Morton are going to be going on the bump in Game 3 of Dodgers versus Braves. And it feels like we wound up seeing this before with the Dodgers being down 2-0 to zero against the Braves. And that's because, well, we saw it last year. I think that this is a really intriguing spot. Not sure how you take a look at things, but... 
I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people banking on the fact that the Dodgers aren't going to be going down three to zero, but I think you need to have a little bit more of a complex handicap than that, especially with the way that Charlie Morton has pitched on the road. Charlie Morton has a slightly lower ERA on the road this year than he does at home. Also, looking at Walker Bueller when he's pitching at home, he's been lights out. That's why I lean the under in the game. Both these pitchers have been so good in these respected spots. The reason I'm not surprised that the Braves have gotten a 2 nothing lead is because they've had the best bullpen ERA throughout the entire postseason. The Dodgers are in second. However, the Braves have had a really good bullpen. When the bats start heating up for the Braves, what do we remember from last year? The issue was that their bats couldn't heat up. Their pitching was awesome last year in the postseason. They were losing games because it was one nothing or two runs, three runs the opponent scored. The pitching was great for Atlanta last postseason. It's just been the bats. The bats are heating up. They got their walk-off hits. Atlanta, I have a, I have a World Series ticket on them, Greg, and that's crazy. I bet them at 10-1 to 1 in the preseason. It is crazy how much it's moved because we all remember the Atlanta Braves. I think that they were below 500 going into the month of August, and they have heated up at just the right time. And what I attribute a lot of the success to the Atlanta Braves to is just the bullpen itself. Coming into this game, the Braves have allowed four runs or fewer in 11 out of their last 12 games. And we talk about the acquisitions that were made at the trade deadline, and no question, Jock Peterson has come up more than clutch in the postseason. Eddie Rosario winds up having the game-winning hit in Game 2. But I take a look at that bullpen and the fact that they were so bad at the beginning of the year and now they've been lights out much like they were last year, I feel like has been a big key to this success. For sure. The bullpen has been the key. They always say defenses win Super Bowls. Pitching, defenses, whatever you want to call it, wins different championships for different sports. You're seeing that right now with the Atlanta Braves. If your pitching rotation, if your bullpen can limit the opposition to two, three runs a game, your offense doesn't have to do too much. It's just amazing. I loved the Braves in the preseason. I loved that they looked so good last year in the postseason, but the reason they lost was because of their bats. Then you had, coming into the year, the thought was that you were going to get back Mike Soroka in July from the Achilles injury. You thought Ronald Acuna was going to be a star and potential National League MVP. You lose both those players. The Braves still in competition to win a World Series. Nonetheless, also end up winning their division. It's been absolutely insane to take a look at this run from the Braves. as They certainly have gotten hot at the right time, as Ariel Epstein is joining me on the podcast. And when I take a look at this series in general as well, I do think that this is a big key when it comes to just handicapping all postseason baseball, and that's managing. And I really feel like in game two, the Braves let that one get away because Dave Roberts made a complete boneheaded move throwing in their Julio Rios in a spot in which you just shouldn't be throwing your game for a starter into. I don't know how much that plays into your handicap, both of this game and just postseason baseball in general, but I take a look at Brian Sicker, and he's never been a guy that we say, oh, he's the best manager in baseball or anything like that. But I feel like the one thing that he avoids is doing anything that is too outlandish or anything that necessarily puts his team behind the eight ball. Yeah, and the way that these managers have been managing, especially looking back to the last series with the Dodgers and the uh, the Dodgers um, taking on uh, the Giants. yeah, the Giants. Sorry, I kept thinking Padres. And I'm like, why is my brain in 2020? <laughs> um, so when you look at how the Giants and the Dodgers kept going back and forth with their pitching and how it was just a chess game, that's the way Dave Roberts plays. And that's 
cool by me. I mean, I love when certain managers do that. I love the way that Madden coaches because he's just one of those managers like he did in Tampa where you're managing a game almost like a football coach. I find it fun, especially because from a betting perspective, it's nearly impossible to predict, which is why they do it. I think about it in football, too, with Bill Belichick and his running backs for so many years under Tom Brady. You couldn't bet on any of the Patriots running backs because you never know which one was going to have the big game of the day. That's why Dave Roberts is so good at throwing off offenses. However, sometimes you just do it and it doesn't work. It works majority of the time. There's a reason the Dodgers were the second best team behind the Giants in Major League Baseball with overall record. However, that one time, it just didn't work out. For the Dodgers, their pitching's still great. Their starting rotation's awesome. The way I would play their pitching, I would probably go to the strikeout prop because the Atlanta Braves have had a top 10 K rate all year. And you're going to look to Walker Bueller, who's getting the start at home. And looking at Walker Bueller's last few starts, you look back to when he pitched at home against Milwaukee, he had 11 strikeouts against the Brewers. You look back to other teams that strike out a lot, which he hasn't faced too many of them. However, when you look to games like Atlanta, so he had five against Atlanta last time around. And another team that he struck out a lot was eight against LA, the Angels, uh, back on August 8th. So the thing that I tell people a lot, they have to look for, don't just look at Walker Bueller's strikeouts recently. You have to look at Walker Bueller's strikeouts against teams that strike out a lot. The Atlanta Braves have been one of those teams throughout the years. And what I think is so interesting when it comes to postseason as well is something that you just mentioned, taking a look at some of those K-Props, because as we know, managers are much more willing to go to the bullpen this time of year. If a guy winds up giving up like two runs in the fourth or fifth inning, typically they'll ride with them in the regular season. That is not the case in the postseason. And how have you been playing strikeout props when it comes to the postseason? Because I know that you've done an absolutely tremendous job with them throughout the years. And I feel like it's just a little bit of a different animal when it comes to October baseball. It is, and the books protect themselves against it. If you want to shop lines, so if you want to bet overs, you go to bet MGM. If you want to bet unders, you go to FanDuel. DraftKings kind of is an in-between. DraftKings usually has the same strikeout prop as FanDuel. However, you'll have a lot less juice on the DraftKings props. However, for me, the way that I look at it, for example, if you look at, let's just say, and I'm throwing these numbers out there because sometimes numbers aren't going to be out yet. Let's just say Walker Bueller's strikeout prop, hypothetically, is a six and a half on FanDuel. Most likely, it's a five and a half on BetMGM. This way, because I like the over in that spot, I would go to BetMGM and bet an over. Yet there's certain pitchers where I like unders because I think they're going to have a short leash. Certain situations, like a Dave Roberts situation, if he's going to throw somebody out who's not a Bueller, who's not a Scherzer, someone that you may look to and say, like a Julio Urias. I really thought Julio Urias under on his strikeout prop a couple of games ago was going to be a good play against the Giants because I just knew that that was going to be one of those bullpen style games where it was supposed to be Urias getting the start in the last game against the Giants and they end up taking him out, scratching him and starting Knievel. But those are certain situations where if you believe that a pitcher is going to have a short leash, then go to the book like FanDuel, who's going to give you the higher number and you bet the under. I do not blame you there because we've been just seeing it time and time again here in the postseason. These managers, at the drop of a hat, they just wind up pulling their pitcher who looks like he's rolling or they wind up getting into a very, very, very small amount of trouble that in any other circumstance, you'd be riding him out with them and they just wind up pulling them. And 
I think that that makes it all the more intriguing as to what we're going to be seeing in game four of Astros versus Red Sox. As we do have Ariel Epstein joining me on the podcast, because as we're doing this right now, we have no earthly idea who either of these teams are going to be throwing out there for a starting pitcher. But if you look outside of Nathan Eovaldi going into game three, the Red Sox had gotten one start out of a pitcher not named Eovaldi that wound up being three plus innings. They have been going to the bullpen left and right. Meanwhile, for the Astros, Everyone who is not named Lance McCullers Jr. has been having a relatively rough time of it as well. I don't know if you have any sort of an inkling when it comes to this game, but as of right now, just with a sight-unseen pitching matchup, I've got to think that it's going to be runs of plenty once again with both of these bullpens being very shaky and guys not named McCullers and Eovaldi really struggling on both sides. It's funny you say about the bullpens because even though they've been shaky, you look at the bullpen ERAs throughout all the teams that made it into the postseason. These are the top four bullpens. However, there is a huge drop off between the first two, which is the Braves and the Dodgers. Then there's like a full one point drop off in ERA. I mean, you look to the Braves and the Dodgers, who both have a bullpen ERA around a two. Then you go further. You've got the Astros and the Red Sox in the high threes, closer to the four. I think they're both at a three six four right now for bullpen ERA. The way I would play pitchers, I would play the under on the Red Sox strikeout props. They're heavily juiced at some books, so you're probably going to have to do some shopping. The Astros have been the team that's been the least strikeout prone throughout the entire baseball season. Even Nathan Ivaldi, and this is why you have to look to a lot of different teams and how much they strike out. The Yankees are a team that has been inside that top 15 for highest K rates in baseball all year. Ivaldi struck out the Yankees. He went over his strikeout prop against the Yankees in the elimination game, I think in the third or fourth inning. Evaldi only had three strikeouts against the Astros. This team has not struck out a lot all year. The way I'd play it, just take a Red Sox starter, whoever it may be in game four, find the best line and bet they're under. A big key with this as well is the fact that the Houston Astros just flat out do not strike out. You take a look at them during the regular season. They were the only team in baseball that struck out on fewer than 20% of their at-bats. They lead the league in runs per game. And going into what we wound up seeing yesterday, they had scored five plus runs in every single game this month. I just take a look at this Astros lineup, and I think that they are going to be able to get it done against the Red Sox. I do think that we're going to get the Astros in the World Series. At this point, I lean Braves because they just flat out have a two to zero lead. I think that the Dodgers are a better team, but when you're in a two game hole, that makes it a little bit difficult. But I've just been thoroughly impressed by what I've seen out of the Houston Astros. Trash cans aside, because I know that a lot of people like to throw flack at them. They're just a team that out of the postseason has impressed me the most. I don't know if you necessarily agree with that or not, but I just love what I'm seeing out of them. Houston's the team that their lineup, their pitching even, and I know the pitching hasn't had as much depth like it did in World Series years with Verlander. The Astros are resilient. You don't want to face anyone in that lineup. Kind of gives me Yankees 09 World Series vibes where no matter who you try to pitch around, you have someone else you have to face. And no pitcher ever wants to see up at the plate. The Red Sox have surprised me so much. I've been down on this team all year. I thought this Red Sox team was going to finish in fourth place, the division. And yeah, at the end of the year, they choked. This Red Sox team looked horrendous in the second half of the season. The pitching has been exceeding expectations in Boston. I don't understand where all these different pitchers came from that they've even been able to make up for Chris Sale not looking great. That was another huge overreaction. When Chris Sale, the starting pitcher who was 
supposed to be the ace of the staff, came back from missing the first half of the year. Everyone was so excited because he looked lights out. I kept telling everyone, guys, chill out. Chris Sale hasn't faced anybody yet. He faced all of the three last place teams in every in their respected divisions in his first three starts. Then he faced good lineups and he started getting slammed. The Red Sox still found ways to win. They've been walking off. They beat the best team in the American League, the Tampa Bay Rays, in walk-off fashion. They are a resilient group. Now they're taking this series to Fenway Park, and that does scare me. The Astros are the better team. The Red Sox, they remind me of the Braves. Both these teams, everyone was down on. I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people down on. A lot of key injuries. These teams are resilient, and their home field advantage, second to none. Yep, and when it comes to Chris Sale as well, I don't necessarily think that it's his fault that he's struggling right now because most guys coming out of Tommy John surgery after 12 months, yeah, you're back, but you're not necessarily at full force until that that second full season coming off the injury as well. So I'm not necessarily surprised by what we're seeing there. And I'm not surprised that you're doing an absolutely terrific job of handicapping, Ariel. You do an absolutely terrific job when it comes to both the MLB along the NFL. And I know that you dive into various markets as well. When it comes to the NBA, list goes on and on. And I know you've been watching TV on the floor the last few days. You're taking sort of the Greg Peterson macho man approach with that, which I absolutely love. So I thought that that was hilarious seeing that photo a few days ago. But I know you're doing a lot of things right now in a little bit of transition. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and just everything that you've got going on in general. Yes, you can follow me at Ariel Epstein on Twitter, Ariel Epstein Instagram, then also going to be on MLB Network for Better's Eye, doing a lot more MLB breakdowns. Going to actually be starting NBA content soon with the NBA TV crew and uh, bet streams. But I do have a full-time job that I'm going to be announcing later this week, and I'm really excited to be able to finally announce where I'm officially going. NBA and MLB are all on the side, and they're awesome. I do have one main employer, though, where I will be doing majority of my content for, and I'm excited to be able to announce it soon. And that'll be on her Twitter feed at Ariel Epstein. She'll be announcing that relatively soon, and Ariel does an absolutely terrific job. She looks at a wide variety of things, and she's been kind enough to join me on this podcast quite a few times and brings it every single time much like she did today so big thanks ariel for joining me right here on the baseball betting podcast and coming back we've got a pair of games on the mlb betting board for this tuesday so i'll give you a signed total for both of them and a little something you like to call touch them all Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Ariel Epstein does an absolutely terrific job of handicapping a wide variety of things. She's going to be announcing a new venture within the next few days, and it is a very well-deserved venture, which is why she's been watching TV on the ground the last few days. Not necessarily because she is a member of the Bum of the Month Club like Greg Peterson. She does an absolutely terrific job. She does a great job when it comes to player props and just taking a look at a wide variety of sports in general. So, big thanks to her for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you a sign total for both games that we've got on the MLB betting board for this Tuesday. And a little something you like to call... 
touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at JaronScorty1. We're going to be going in the rotation order, so American League game is going to be first, then we're going to be going with the National League game after that, and the New York Post pick is going to be in that Braves versus Dodgers series, so we're going to be starting out with this first one of 9-11-9-12 Houston Astros hit the road to face off against the Boston Red Sox. Nick Pavetta is going to be going for the Sox, and Zach Granke is going to be on the bump for the Astros. This is a line that wound up just getting posted as starting pitchers were not known until the conclusion of Game 3 of Astros versus Red Sox, so you're not going to find a lot of places with a line. As of right now, it's Westgate and Circa, and that's about it. And you find the Red Sox anywhere between minus 120 and minus 130. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Astros, anywhere between plus 110 and plus 119. 9.5 to 10 is your total. On the 9.5, over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. On the 10, under is minus 115, and the over is minus 105. Westgate actually opened this minus 110 on the Red Sox, and I jumped on that because I wound up saying the Red Sox as a minus 125 favorite in this spot. I wound up saying the total a little bit north of 10. At 10.5, I'd be looking at an under, but 10 was still a take point for me on the over. You just take a look at both of these teams in general, and they're ripping the cover off the ball with the Astros. They have failed to score five runs or more in one game this month, and that was yesterday. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Boston Red Sox, and they've got three grand slams in the first three innings of their last two games. It has been absolutely insane to see the Red Sox themselves have scored at least four runs in all but one of their games so far this month, so you've got a pair of very hot offenses, and you've got a guy, Nick Pavetta, who he has not necessarily done the best of jobs at home. He wound up having a nice relief appearance against the Tampa Bay Rays a few days ago, but he has a 540 ERA at home compared to a 375 on the road, and he's just given up a lot of hard contact at Fenway. 17 home runs given up in 73 and a third innings. Meanwhile, 7 in 81 and two-thirds innings on the road during the regular season with opponents saying a 261 off of him at Fenway. Meanwhile, 208 on the road. Then you take a look at Zach Cranky and boy, oh boy, what are you going to be able to get here? This is a guy that has been used on the bullpen recently. He's made his last start on the 19th of September. He was not looking good as a starter, by the way. You take a look at his last three starts. He gave up five plus runs in every one of them. Came out of the bullpen and he delivered a scoreless setting against the Chicago White Sox. So, whoopty flip and do there, but this is a man that all year long has been giving up the deep ball. He's been giving up right around 1.55 home runs per nine innings. Not going to give out a lot of walks. Right around 1.9 walks per nine innings, but opponents are at 252 off of him. He just doesn't have the same stuff that he used to have. You got to figure that you're probably going to be seeing a healthy dose of Christian Avier, someone that has been used as a little bit of a super lever for the Eastern Astros. You take a look at him this postseason. He's won four and two-thirds innings without having given up a run. Ten strikeouts between the series against the White Sox and the Red Sox, so got to figure that he's certainly going to be an option in this game. Kendall Graveman did not wind up going yesterday, so he's someone that's probably going to be on call to be used in this game as well, so you've got the more trustworthy Astros bullpen arms that are going to be on display here. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Red Sox, and nobody that they wound up using yesterday was used for more than 12 pitches, so even someone like Erdogan, Automata, Enzo Robles, these guys are going to be all available, along with Ryan Brazier, who ever since coming off the injured list has a sub-3 ERA, he's been very good for this team. You could even see someone like Tanner Oak perhaps come in in long relief as well. And both of these offenses are just ripping the cover off the ball. I mean, during the regular season, Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, Carlos Correa, Kyle Tucker all gave you at least a 270 batting average. All these guys gave you at least 26 home runs. Then you take a look at the Boston Red Sox, Kyle Schwarber, Hunter Renfro, both had 30 plus home runs. Both of these guys hit right around a 260, 
during the regular season. And then you take a look a little bit further, and you've got a guy in J.D. Martinez who's hitting right around a 365 this series. He winds up going deep for the second time this series. Kike Hernandez hitting right around a 500 this postseason. I mean, it is absolutely amazing to see what he is doing right now. 17 hits in the last six games. That might be a postseason record for most hits in a six-game time span. I would need to look that up, but he has been absolutely incredible with that regard. So I do think that we're going to get runs of plenty, and I do think that Nick Pavetta is a little bit more trustworthy in the spot than Zach Granke. Granke obviously has the experience, but him not having started for about a month and him looking very shaky when he has taken the mound has me a little bit tepid in this spot. I want to personally take in the minus 110 that we had a little bit earlier at the Westgate. Still recommend this up to a minus 125, and like I said, even at a 10, I'd be taking a look at the over. Anything below a 10.5 is going to be a take there. And then we've got my New York Post play of the day. 9-13, 9-14 on the betting board. You've got the Atlanta Braves, and they're going to be hitting the road face-off against the LA Dodgers. Walker Bueller is going to be going for the Dodgers, and Charlie Morton is going to be on the bump for the Atlanta Braves. 7.5 is your total over and under. Anywhere between minus 105 minus 115. If you're looking at the Dodgers, you're laying anywhere between minus 169 and minus 178. Meanwhile, plus price with the Atlanta Braves. Anywhere between plus 150 and plus 160. Seeing a straight plus 162 out there as well. And the New York Post play of the day is the Braves. Pretty much anything above a plus 150 is a take for me on the Atlanta Braves. You take a look at Charlie Morton. Between the regular and postseason, he's got right around a 310 ERA on the having given up five home runs in 94 and a third innings. Meanwhile, Walker Buehler, in his last eight starts since the beginning of the month of September, the team is 4-4 four and four in them, and after having a 205 ERA through the month of August across about 27 starts, he has about a 431 ERA ever since then. It has been certainly going a little bit more sour for him. He had given the team at least six innings in all but two of his starts to begin the year. He has went six-plus innings, and now just four of the starts ever since then. So the length isn't necessarily there and you can't have a whole lot of faith in Dave Roberts making the right decision after what we wound up seeing in game two. I do think that the loss of Max Muncy is certainly hurting the LA Dodgers at this point. Now you still have the Turners. Trey Turner down for what and Justin Turner down for what. Both of these guys are very magnificent, but at the same time, both of these guys in a 200 or worse here in the postseason. Corey Seager was able to belt a bomb in game two, but he has been having his struggles as well. You take a look at it and Will Smith has really been the best hitter for this team. Three of the team's seven home runs this postseason have come off of his bat. He's got a 441 on base percentage, but it's a little bit of a liability when it comes to defense. And then you take a look at the Atlanta Braves, and it's been jocked over, ladies and gentlemen. Three home runs thus far in the postseason, even with limited at-bats. He does a good job of being able to platoon a little bit because he's a little bit more of a situational hitter. Austin Riley has been able to give this team a pair of bombs this postseason. You've got Eddie Rosario. Every time he comes up, he just seems to come up clutch, hitting above a 400 this postseason as well. And then you take a look at the Braves. Ever since the All-Star break, four Fourth best bullpen ERA in the big leagues. Tyler Madzik since the beginning of the month of July is a sub-2-5 ERA. A.J. Minter's been able to give you quite a bit of something. Jesse Chavez is someone that you're able to rely upon. And I will say for the Dodgers, this team during the regular season had the second best bullpen ERA in the big leagues. So they certainly have a lot of guys that are very capable. Arms, Justin Brule is a left-hander that they're going to need to rely upon because they don't have too many of them. They now have Evan Phillips on the roster, which I don't think that that does a lot for you. Blake Tryon probably should have thrown more than nine pitches than he wound up doing 
doing a couple days ago. He's been rock solid for Suter Gratterall. He's got 102 miles per hour in his arsenal, but at the same time, he just seems to get hit quite a bit for a guy that winds up throwing that hard, so that is a little bit of an issue. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I set this total at 7.3, so I'm looking at an under in this spot, but I love the way that the Atlanta Braves are rolling. Keep in mind, the Atlanta Braves were able to get up 3-1 to one on the Dodgers last year in the NLCS, and I think that with a Wiley veteran and Charlie Morton, they are going to be able to get up 3-0. to zero. So the New York Post play of the day is the Atlanta Braves on the money line, and I'm going to be going with the total under as well. And that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Tuesday. A big thanks to Ariel Epstein, a.k.a. the Prop Queen, for joining me in the last segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Podcast with Craig Peterson, you're able to subscribe wherever you hear podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you have one or two ways to be able to fire those. And first one is my Twitter timeline at GNRT underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters DM. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five star review could be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, which means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. 